Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from a very smoky Northern California. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 157 on the fourth paragraph, which starts for an hour. The two friends told them about their drinking experiences. And we will read through three paragraphs ending with damn little to laugh about. Today's readers are Wendy M., Sherry KB, Rebecca S., and Liz T. And our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference number for Tuesday, October 10th, 10 a.m. meeting is 10,532-10532. And the share ID for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting for Wednesday, October 11th, is 10,535-10535. Our preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rebecca S. to read the 12 steps. Rebecca. Good morning. Can you hear me well? Yes, thanks. Great, thanks. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except one to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Kath. Thank you, Rebecca S. I will now ask Liz T. to read the 12 traditions. Liz. Good morning. This is Liz T. recovering in Minnesota. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you, Liz. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 
Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass and thank you. Thank you, Ms. T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 157. It's the fourth paragraph, which starts for an hour the two friends told them about their drinking experiences. And we will read for three, uh, three paragraphs, ending with damn little to laugh about. I will ask Wendy M. to begin reading. Wendy? Yes, good morning. Wendy M. in beautiful Colorado recovered. Thank you, God, and thank you, God, for the abstinence I have this morning. And thanks, Sylvia, for your service. Um, I'll read. For an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. Over and over, he would say, that's me, that's me. I drink like that. The man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic, and warps his mind. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. Yes, that's me, said the sick man. The very image. You fellows know your stuff all right, but I don't see what good it'll do. You fellows are somebody. I was once, but I'm a nobody now. From what you tell me, I know more than ever I can't stop. At this both the visitors burst into a laugh said the future fellow anonymous, damn little to laugh about that I can see. What a great paragraph, um, or four or three or whatever it is. Good morning. Um, I want to just first look at the paragraph and then uh, talk a little bit in general about laughter. Um, So first of all, over and over, he would say, that's me, that's me. I drink like that. So my first meeting I was in... um, uh, like near Silver Lake, anyways, Los Angeles, about 17 years ago, went to the nighttime meeting, it was a Friday night, got there, and, you know, the head nodding started very quickly, you know, whoever got up and read something, even the steps, I understood the steps, um, you know, that's me, that's me, that's me, you know, and I drink like that, I eat like that, and of course, for me, that is the most satisfying experience I've ever had in my whole life. There was nothing like it. My whole life, before I walked in that room, there was never a that's me. There was never a nodding of the head. You know, um, I thought I was alone with this disease. I had no idea. And this, it was just so satisfying to walk into a room and to get it and to identify in. And there's nothing like it. Um, and then it says the mental state preceding the first drink. You know, the insanity. So, like yesterday when I was um, sharing in a meeting, um, I said, okay, can you guys relate to this? So I'm driving, I'm eating my apple pieces. One of them falls to the floor and I consider, should I pick it up while I'm driving 60 miles an hour or should I wait? And just the fact that I would consider 
not just consider, but like groping around on the floor for this piece of apple, this teeny piece of apple, so that, you know, so that I could have it in my mouth because I weighed and measured it, you know, and I'm, I'm owed that little teeny piece of apple. And, um, or should I, you know, kill myself and kill others on the road? You know, that's the depth of the insanity. That's the insanity right there. Should I jeopardize my life and the life of other people on the road because I weighed and measured my apple and I'm owed that little piece? That's the insanity. And when I said it, everybody in the room nods. But if I said it outside the room, I don't think I would get the same, um, you know, response. Um, and then he says, and this just breaks my heart, you fellows are somebody I was once, but I'm a nobody now. Oh, crushes me to hear that. I totally relate to that sentence. I totally relate to um, I'm a nobody now. And you know something? Working this program, being into action, working with others, um, I'm not a nobody anymore. doesn't mean I'm a somebody. It just means I'm me. I'm just a child of God now. Like, it's not even about nobodies and somebodies, like who's who's up, who's down. It's just, I'm a child of God. And when I work with others, I got to tell you, I feel like a million bucks. And then he says here, um, I uh, says, I know more than ever, I can't stop. And I wrote on the side, thank God. Yay, this guy knows he can't stop. That's the best news ever, right? That gift of desperation. And then they burst into laughter, which I have to laugh about. And, um, you know, I got to say, I'm laughing much more. Um, but one reason why we laugh in the rooms and, and on this line, I hope, uh, is that we're telling each other our truth. And your truth and my truth are the same truth. Because I get it. I get you. I get the truth. Um, and how deeply satisfying to be in a room where you can land safely. It's a safe place to land, these rooms and these lines. And it means I can tell you everything. And you know what? We're not a gas. We're laughing because we get it. I just did a fist dip with a fist step with a sponsor this morning, and it was completely one whole hour of me too, me too, me too. You're not alone. Me too, and we can laugh at that which we had shame about five minutes before that. So uh, the laughter gives me the courage. I'm not alone. Um, I have the same husband. I have the same stepson. I have the same everything as you. When when it comes right down to it. And we can laugh at all of it. And with that, I will pass. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Wendy. Um, okay, I'm now going to open it up for uh, people who want to share on this paragraph. Carrie S. Carrie S. Jackie B. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, I think it was Jackie B. And then someone from Los Angeles. Ray D. Or A, C, or B? Yeah. Okay. And then... Adam, Adam. Okay, I've got Adam. I've got Liat. Anybody else? Dorita P. Dorita P. Michelle T. Michelle R. Okay, I think we'll stop there. Carrie S., Jackie B., or A, B., Adam, Liat, uh, Dorita, Michelle, and Gina. If I've massacred some of the names, we'll get them straight when we start. Carrie S. followed by Jackie. Thank you, Sylvia. And thanks to everybody for being present this morning. This is Carrie S. recovered in Colorado. For an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. I was at a face-to-face meeting yesterday. I had signed up to lead. I didn't open the leader format until... Uh, you know, right when I'm ready to, to read and all of a sudden it says uh, leader shares story. And I, you know, did one of those, Oh, gulp. Okay. I guess I wasn't prepared to share my story, but isn't God so wonderful that just this past week, it occurred to me how important it was for me when I first came back into the rooms after being away for 18 years to hear a personal story and that woman's story was the foundation of what I needed to get well. I needed to hear that other people did crazy things, things with their food. And so having this, having the opportunity to share what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, it just reaffirms I am a 12-stepper for life, that this program has given me the chance 
to understand the solution. And that solution is getting out of myself and, and understanding a divine power and, and having the grace and the humility, uh, the willingness to live a life beyond my wildest imaginations. And so sitting there yesterday in that face-to-face meeting, just talking about my insanity with food was was exactly what I needed. You know, it's it's exactly what God needed me to do. And, you know, look how wonderful it was. It was a smaller meeting than usual, and two or three women were able to share a deep chunk of the the insanity that they have with food, you know, so that we were all able to really connect. So it was such a service, um, having the willingness to do it. Uh, I heard from a, a speaker recently that God is in the business of grace, and it's my business to be in the willingness factor. So I was just so grateful to to have the willingness to to share that this morning. And thanks to everybody for being there and sharing your stories. It's what keeps me coming back every day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Carrie S. And Jackie B. followed by uh, Ore. And please introduce yourself with the, the first initial of your last name. I missed a lot of them on this list. So Jackie, then Ore. Okay. Hi, this is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for your service and everyone uh, for Team Wednesday. Um, Yeah, Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful today of the recovery I have today. Um, Been in program over 25 years and only in the last 14 months uh, I actually really started to understand uh, that I'm a compulsive overeater and that when I ingest certain things, certain foods, uh, it triggers the craving, which triggers the obsession of the mind. And I am so grateful today that as long as I work my program every single day, I don't have that obsession, or at least I'm aware that what is really the crux of what's bothering me and to accept today that I am human that uh, I no longer have to live the Jackie scale of what's a good Jackie and what's a bad Jackie what I have to do is be a fellow compulsive overeater sharing my experience strength and hope to other compulsive overeaters Um, my program has been very strong lately and you know, people are asking me now to speak at face-to-face meetings. And, you know, my husband says, should I put a pin in your head? And I says, you don't understand. It has nothing to do with me. I'm selfish. I'm a martyr. I'm all these things. So by me doing service, I'm bringing the message to other people that I'm telling them that, you know what, we don't have to be in pain. We don't have to struggle if we're willing to give ourselves to our higher power and understand that we can't control the world. What we can do is give our experience, strength, and hope to other people and say, hey, these are the, I did some really stupid, nasty things to get people to do what I wanted them to do or eat what I wanted to eat to get what I thought was going to keep me calm and cool and collective. Today, what keeps me calm and collected is telling everybody that I was sick and suffering and that, you know what, there is a solution. You don't have to be in pain anymore if you're willing to do the work. Um, and I think all facets of OA can help. Uh, I do believe in the big book as a straightforward method of doing the steps, but that does not mean that they're not podcasts all over to hear this message. So I put that out there. You can get recovery. Just be willing. Take that step. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Ore followed by Adam. Yeah, this is Ore in Los Angeles. Can I be heard? Yes. When he talks about um, I'm a nobody now, it reminds me of um, just over 15 months ago when I I just didn't want to exist. I couldn't leave the house. Like, I was trapped in my house. I was having all my binge foods, my binge meals delivered through Postmates. They probably made a couple of million off of me. I couldn't leave the house. I wasn't participating in life. And um, it's not like that today. Um, 
like I want to live and I want to be a part of the life experience. But just when he said that, it just reminded me of just that time where I didn't want to exist. And um, also talking about the the way that um, the binging warped my mind. I had all type of phobias and like I said, I, I literally couldn't leave the house because of just how big I am and all the phobias and the crazy thinking I was surrounded at. And um, I'm just so grateful that uh, today is not like that. And um, I'm experiencing some freedom. So thank you for letting me share. Bye-bye. Thank you, Orepi. Adam, followed by Liat TV. Hi, this is Adam. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can I be heard? Yes. What's the first initial of the last name? Adam S. Adam S., go ahead. Hi, this is Adam S., compulsive eater from uh, California. And thank you for all your shares, and thank you, Wendy. Um, and uh, when I think of this reading, um, I'm brought back to the power of identification. For me, I came to OA for the first time, I believe it was 1994, and I my attitude was, you know, they're crazy, you know, I don't go to groups, I give groups. And there was a certain arrogance, and I went for a few times, and I just thought that there are a lot of angry, sick people who are very heavy. Then I went again in 96 or so, and it was in California. The first time was in Chicago. Then in California, I said, there are a lot of women. And then in 1998, um, I was down for the count, and I went. And uh, I had the power of identification that was described in the reading where, you know, two people are, the guy was in a hospital, alcoholic number three, I believe, was in a hospital, and, and it's a good setting to meet someone, and uh, sometimes, at least, it depends where they're at, but I was in my own version of the hospital, and for some reason, I was able to identify, and the the fascinating thing to me, and, you know, the miracle is, is that once I woke up and I identified, I had never heard honesty like that um, ever, right? And I was thought I was super honest. And, and if you would have asked me in 1997 or 96 or 95, are you honest? I would have said, nobody's more honest than me. And um, that's the power of the disease, because the truth is, nobody was as self-deceptive as me, and um, except for other addicts. And the power of that identification was so strong. And when I heard, I had never been able to, I had never had the willingness or the, the, uh, the, the freedom to hear what I heard in, in, in those rooms back when I started in, in November 98. And um, I'm grateful for, for, for the gift of being able to listen and not tell and not dictate or not make up the rules. Because the reality is I didn't make this up. I didn't create the 12 steps. I wish I would have, but I didn't. It wasn't me. I'm not the author of the wellness plan here. So, um, and uh, it's given me the biggest gift. I'm no longer a man who's over 300 pounds. If you saw me, you'd never know. And, and, um, and I have a functional life. Um, I was never a somebody. <laughs> I'm not like that. I don't think I was ever a somebody. Uh, I got what I, I got my gifts here. And for that, I'm very grateful. So thank, for, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Adam S. Liat TD, followed by Dorita P. Hi, Liat TD. Sorry, I didn't know you. Um, very grateful to call it Compulsive either from California. Just uh, people listen to you. Oh my gosh. Uh, I reading this with you. Um, I was thinking about relatedness, and I hear a lot of you know, the topic of relatedness. And when I came almost 30 years ago to Overeaters Anonymous, I was 17, and what grabbed me was relatedness. You know, here there was, I thought I was the only person in the world that was compulsive overeating. I thought something was seriously wrong with me. There's some mental issues. Uh, and uh, finally, I, I, I didn't look for it, but I, I understood that I'm not the only one. And it gave me such a relief. And for a while, I, I just, I would go to meetings every day. It was fellowship that I was, 
you know, I was craving and I enjoyed and I found comfort in, but I never got freed from a compulsion. I still was not done with the food. So I understood that I'm a compulsive overeater a long time before I was ready to surrender. You know, I was, I, I think I, I could have been in overeaters and almost when I was three or five, because I understood that I can't stop eating once I start. And so the relatedness was wonderful, but fellowship alone was not sufficient for me. And so then there was a period, there was a time 12 years later when God separated me from food, from food through uh, food programs, uh, weighed food programs in a way that I had the relatedness with people that are weighing the food and there's that no matter what, you're not going to eat because if you do, you're doomed. And I, and that, there was that relatedness with them. And then about five years ago when I was introduced to the big book, um, a completely different level of <laughs> relatedness. And, uh, I, and I was alone for five years. I, I was in the book pretty much alone going to meetings with people that are doing the, weighing their food. And, um, and then recently, and I just want to cry, meeting you guys and finding a vision for you, you know, people who are, I can relate in all levels, you know, the physical and, and especially the spiritual work that it takes to change someone like me who is doomed, who is, who gets lost so quickly, you know, and I just want to finish with sharing. I heard someone last week share, you know, I lived my life based on self-reliance rather than godly reliance, which was my character defects rather than um, spiritual principles, which was fear rather than love. And I am in awe of the gift of this program and where I am. And I know that there is only, you know, the sky is the limit. And I love you all. Enjoy the day. I'll pass. Thank you, Liat TD. Dorita P., followed by Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm just really grateful for the program, and I'm grateful for this book. You know, this book is the program. You know, OA, we have other literature, but this is the program. And I'm so grateful it's laid out. It's laid out for us. Um, You know, it gives us a thousand different examples of how to work with people and, you know, because that's what, what it's all about anyway. So um, it says, for an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences for a, for an hour. Um, you know, and it just tells me that this, you know, this thing is, you know, time-consuming. Um, and I'm really grateful right now I'm situated where I can devote a whole lot of my time to this uh, recovery. But I even tell people... You know, people with two and three jobs and families and children, um, you know, if we give what we give, if we do what we can do, let me see how it go. Mm. We, do, oh, we do what we can when we can. If we do what we can when we can, um, I think we're, we'll be okay. And um, so, and then they talked about the poisoning um, of the alcohol, and, you know, they told me how, they told me I was in a uh, bad situation, they told me that this disease was fatal, they told me that I had a disease, and I didn't know that, um, and it scared me to death, you know, they said, you are going to die from this thing, and the way they said it was like, you're going to die tomorrow, and um, I'm grateful that they scared me, because they scared me enough uh, that I became desperate. I became desperate. And I wanted this thing. And um, if my sponsor had told me to stand on my head three times a day, I would have tried to. Um, so I did what she told me to do. And I got recovery. I lost 100 pounds and been able to keep it off. And then I just lastly want to say about, he said, damn little, uh, damn little to laugh about that I, he could see. 
uh, yeah, I saw I saw people laughing, and today I laugh. I, I laugh. Uh, I've gotten my laughter back, and uh, you know sometimes I'm in a meeting and it's like I'm the only one laughing, you know. Um, but that's okay. In time, you know, they'll be able to laugh too. So I'm just really grateful for this program. You know, um, today I'm happy, joyous, and free. And that's uh, the one of the promises in the big book. And I love the big book. And for new people, I hated the big book, but I love the big book now. I hated, I hated it because I know it was talking about me, and I wasn't quite ready to face me yet. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Michelle, followed by Gina R. And Michelle, if you could give me the first initial of your last name. Hi, this is Michelle T. Um, I'm calling from Detroit. And I have nine days abstinence today, and I just uh, brought my big book to work. And uh, I just wanted to share um, what hope you guys are uh, to me and how grateful I am and how I am just like you. And I'm so grateful for all the outpouring of love and help I've gotten from you guys. And uh, I got a sponsor last night, and I'll uh, cut off with that and say hello to Karen. Thank you, Michelle T. And Gina R. Hi, Sylvia. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. I set my timer. Um, What jumped out at me today was um, the warps is mine. And I hope I'm on the right paragraph. I didn't hear exactly where you guys were. deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. And because I came into the 12-step rooms through another fellowship, I I didn't think there was anything uh, wrong with me for a really long time. All I knew is that I would gain weight, do diets, lose it. And these weren't enormous amounts. I'm not part of the 100-pounders club or anything like that. Um, but I just knew I was always fixated on food. Um, and that my, I, so my body felt deteriorated. I could feel that I was sluggish. I could feel that I could not handle um, my emotions. I was emotionally unstable. And, and that my mind was warped. I could not stop thinking about food, whether I was eating it or going to eat it, or if I had eaten it and wished I hadn't eaten it or um, whatever. And then, you know, also in some of my disease, um, I didn't actually have to eat it. I, um, I could get a charge from looking at it in magazines or on television. Um, and so I, I just see so many similarities with what I know now and, you know, other forms of addiction um, that many people suffer from. And that's where the identification is for me. So I know my mind is warped. Um, the, my factory setting for my creator was not for my mind to be this way, but something happened along the way and it got warped and I got off track and I was not able on my own power to um, correct it. I tried. I tried so many things. And then it gets down and the sick man is talking about, you know, you fellows are somebody I was. I was once, but I'm a nobody now. The other thing that my warped mind caused for me was delusional thinking that I was simultaneously somebody and nobody. I had visions of grandeur and um, feelings of abject inferiority. I, that was the spectrum that I traveled. I, well, I never traveled in between those two points. I was either somebody or nobody, and many times it was the same thing at the same time. What has happened for me by following the instructions in this book is that exactly as they're prescribed is my mind has straightened out. And my body is um, recovered. And I, uh, I'm i still um, losing some of the weight that I needed to. And that's okay. It's in God's time and in God's hands. And with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Gina R. 
I'll now take another list, a reminder that we are on page 157, and it's the fourth paragraph. It starts for an hour, and it goes for um, three paragraphs. Who would like to be on the list? Laura W. Harry K. Polly Q. Uh, Lori T. Mo H. Uh, I missed one person. Uh, I have Lori, Lori W, Sherry KB, Lori H, Mo H, and who's the? Polly Q. Polly Q? Yes. Gina C. Gina C. Janice B. Oh, Janice B. I wasn't even close. Okay, we're going to stop there. We've got a good list. Laura W., Sherry KB, Lori H., Mo H., Polly Q., and Janice B. Laura W., followed by Sherry KB. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in South Jersey. Gosh, I love this paragraph. I learned a little bit of history this morning on the early morning meeting when um, when Bill D. says, you know, damn near, you know, little something to laugh about. And, you know, Bob and Bill are laughing because little does Bill D. know that Bill and Bob were struggling financially, both of them at that time, to the point where literally they were living day by day, um, didn't know where their next dime was going to come from. And uh, and yet they're they're out there carrying the message and, um, you know, smiling about it. And Bill D., of course, didn't know that, but... It just reminds me that my life today, being recovered, um, you know, my my joy and my satisfaction uh, has nothing to do with outside circumstances. My even my, um, you know, whether I'm abstinent or not today, which I've been by the grace of God for over 13 years. you know, my abstinence has nothing to do with outside circumstances. Life happens, and, you know, the stuff hits the fan all the time. But the 12-step recovery program and giving of service and helping other people it brings me joy and satisfaction. And I put my head down on the pillow at night, and even if it's a tough day, um, I'm so grateful to God for getting me through it without compulsively eating, without restricting, without you know, hopefully screaming at my kids and losing my mind and and sitting in a room with somebody telling them that, you know, I in, in my disease I just wanted to stop brushing my teeth because of the calories. I was afraid of the calories in the toothpaste. People can nod their heads and be like, oh, my God, I get it, instead of being like, oh, my gosh, you're insane. And, yes, I was insane. But, but to nod my head and to understand um, that another person gets me it is so comforting, and um, and that's what carrying this message is, and that's what Bill and Bob did. And when I speak with a newcomer, I don't dive into saying this is a spiritual program and you're higher power and you need a higher power. I just tell them what I did and what I used to be like. And then when they nod their heads, they're interested in finding out, well, how did you get to where you are now? And that's what this is all about. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Laura W. Sherry KB, followed by Lori. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eye Reader. Thank you for your service, Sylvia, and welcome everybody on the line. Um, the first paragraph here is about identifying in. Here he's, the, the two friends, you know, Bill and Bob, are talking to Bill Dodson about, you know, the disease, and, and he's, they go it over and over with him, and he's like, wow, that's me, that's me. So that's all about identifying in. And um what it comes to mind to me is, you know, when I came into my first OA meeting, how I, I felt home. I felt like I wasn't alone. Um, and coming on this line, um, listening to this line since 2013, um, identifying in with people and feeling like I found a group of people that I've been looking for for a very long time. Um, and then the second uh, paragraph is about the mental twist. This is about the the allergy of the body and the, the obsession of the mind and how our mind is warped, you know. And um, and that's all about in the doctor's opinion that we've read about. And uh, then this last part, you know, just about them, uh, you fellows seem to, you know, be somebody and I'm not. I can remember when I came in, you know, to, to OA, I just felt like a lost soul because I felt like nobody understood me. I felt alone i felt like i was a loser you know that i and and you know that just you know people didn't get me and and then i i 
I was able to have have camaraderie with people who understood me. And even to this day, um, you know, I have some very good friends that are not compulsive by readers, and they know everything about me. But when they try to talk to me to understand my disease, they look at me with Bambi and headlights. Um, so I'm so grateful for this fellowship. I love this meeting. Um, I love the laughter on the meeting. And, you know, a lot of people have said to me, everybody seems so recovered, and do they have problems or, you know, this or that? And it's like, yeah, we all have problems, but it's just that we've learned to match calamity with serenity. And um, I'm just so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Lori, I think it's H, followed by Mo H. Correct me if I'm wrong. Almost. It's Lori T. Thank you so much. And good morning. Good morning to everybody. It's really good to be here. Um, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to go back to a couple of references. The first thing I keep in mind is this guy's a lawyer. <laughs> so he's pretty smart. He's pretty ambitious. And he probably, once he has the bullet, gets it done. And then a little bit above the paragraph we're on, he says a few things that uh, nothing's going to fix me. I'm afraid. I can't understand it. So there's fear and there's the self-reliance and he can't figure it out. But then down here where the guys start laughing, I think what when I could relate, put myself in that situation, I'm more and more able to hear, not just in people um, in this fellowship, but in the world at large. You know, I say the, the sick bed's prayer a thousand times a day and I do tip steps and talk to my fellows. And it's these character defects that come up that are now becoming, I used to take myself so seriously with these same sentences, you know, that you guys know, but I don't know what good it will do, meaning I've already figured it out. I was once somebody, meaning I was once, you know, good-looking, hot, and amazing, and now I'm, now I'm nothing. And then now I know more than ever. I'm convinced that I can't stop. And these are these same character defects that I see in myself and I see in others, which as I correct them and humbly ask God to remove them, and he does so, increasingly I can see them more in other people. And it is humorous that we take ourselves so seriously. We think, we think we're such great judges. And, and it's so wonderful to know that a person can be relieved of those character defects to where we we aren't playing God, where we aren't determining what will and won't work, and we aren't making judgments about who's somebody and who's nobody. Everybody's a somebody. Everybody has something wonderful to offer. And it says, of course, that he's a sick man, and, and many of us are sick. And so to be able to show a person, you know, tolerance, pity, and patience, that's completely, that for me is the, is the, the great healing for me, I could I could be kind, but even that had a manipulative aspect to it. Now I just know that God loves me. Nothing can separate me from Him, and and He takes care of me, and I don't have to worry. And therefore, I don't have to be so um, concerned about what other people are doing. I can rejoice and try to help them, and realize that their problems, like mine, have a solution. If it's in program. It's obviously the 12 steps. If it's not in program, then God will show me if some other way I can be helpful. And it does bring a delight and a joy and laughter and humor into my life. And I'm so thankful to have it. I'm so thankful to learn so much from you all. And it's really wonderful to be here this morning. So I'm going to pass. And thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. I have uh, six minutes left and three of you. So if you each want to do two minutes, that's great. But we'll just see what, what we have in store. Mo H, followed by Polly Q. Good morning. This is Mo H from Northern California. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. I'll set my timer for two minutes. Um, so here, when I see Bill D saying, that's me, that's me, I drink like that. Well, I came into the rooms in 1989 and said, no, that's not me, that's not me. I don't eat like you do. I'm not like you. I don't look like you. And I identified out for years, 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 years. And it isn't until recently when I really uh, had a debacle with the sugar and the flour and was face down in it in, in 2015 that I desperately cried out to someone in our rooms whom the problem had been solved and was so grateful that she took me through the big book. And um, I put down my
my red light and yellow light foods, my trigger, my binge foods, uh, the gateway foods, uh, the ones that led to that. And I was very diligent about reading labels. Um, so that was that piece. And then, um, and it wasn't until I did come into these rooms and being in them for a long time that I finally got the mental twist. I never understood that piece uh, until I sat in the rooms a long time. And um, I just thought I liked food and that I just, I remember telling my therapist who sent me originally in 1989 that I had a, uh, that I had problem with food. And she said, well, you need to go to OA. So, um, yes, that mental twist. So now I have the steps and the tools with which to help me. And um, I'm going to close now because my two minutes is up. And thank you, Sylvia, for your service. And I'm glad all of you are on the line. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Mo H. Polly Q, followed by Janice B. Hi, this is Polly Q, a Grateful Recovered member uh, in California. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, uh, what I get from this reading is that um, Bill T is hopeless, you know, and uh, he's identifying, but he's hopeless. And um, the the thing that I that I hear that he's terrified about is is living like this, not even dying anymore, just living like this and all that he's lost. And so, you know, yesterday, uh, I mean, I'm coming up on uh, 10 months here, or I have 10 months, I'm coming up on 11, and uh, of abstinence. And, um, you know, uh, yesterday I had a really bad day. I mean, it was I had, you know, just a lot of fronts uh, deteriorate. And I fell into a place of, um, you know, just unrealizing it into that crazy head game. Uh, and I, I was shocked because I hadn't been in it in a long time. It was full of fear and anxiety and worry. And I hadn't been there in a long time. There were a lot of things that happened that caused that. That's life. That's just life. But I hadn't had it forever. And so, um, and so I, I finally reached a point and where I, because of this program, where and working the program, working all these steps and doing all this stuff and working with others and increasing. I'm having to increase my spiritual growth. I don't know what everybody else is having to do, but I'm having to. You know, I don't just get to do those initial steps and then hang out. It's just not. It doesn't work for me like that at all. And so uh, I, I'm doing a lot of other things, but you know, in the midst of that, I stopped and I called someone. I mean, I texted them and just in desperation and they could hear it and they called me back. And that's really how the program works right there. That's how it works. That keeps me from being guilty because otherwise I'll be right back in the food. And there's not going to be, I'm, I'm not going, I don't, I don't live in Disneyland. So, you know, it's not like that. So I'm just so grateful for every single bit of this program, but mostly for understanding just how essential the we part of this program is. And thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Paula Q. Janice B., we have two minutes for you to close us out. Thank you very much. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovering compulsive overeater in Vermont. And um, when I read this, what... Um, what struck me was this guy is um, broken and he knows it. He's like so broken. And not only is he um, feeling um, beaten by alcohol, but he's feeling beaten by life. So both parts of the first step, he's, he's conceded <laughs> powerlessness to both parts of the first step the the um, allergy of the body and com obsession of the mind and that his life the second part that his life is unmanageable and um, and I um, I can relate to that um, for many years when I first came into um, OA I totally got the first part that I was powerless over food 
but I did not get the second part that my life was unmanageable. I would translate that to unmanageable around food. And it wasn't until I reached such a low point in my life that I was ready to to say, you know, what I've been doing hasn't worked. The way I've been living my life, trying to control and manage everything and everyone, um, it hasn't worked for me. Look where I am, 40 pounds overweight, stuffing food in my mouth, and isolated and unhappy with no prospect of anything ever being different if I continue doing what I'm doing. And um, thank you, God. I heard about a big book, um, a big book uh, telephone meeting, and that's that was that this meeting grew out of. And um, I heard a different message that abstinence wasn't the most important thing in my life, but my relationship with my higher power was the most important thing in my life. And I grabbed a hold of of the twelve steps and worked my, you know, worked with another compulsive overeater to um, to have that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And um, it wasn't Fine. funny for me. <laughs> I couldn't laugh at the beginning. And with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janice B. That's all the time we have. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please stick around after the recording and Melanie C. will uh, greet the newcomers. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed the serenity prayer. And will Sherry KB please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, yes, um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. <clears throat> God will constantly close more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.